It's good to be back with you guys. <clears throat> Thankful for uh, Ben and Penny and uh, all the people that uh, Brad, who've been uh, teaching in my on my behalf uh, for the last uh, few weeks, and uh, yeah, just uh, uh, excited uh, for uh, a chance to get to uh, to get to take a break. Uh, it's it's always good to take breaks, and uh, we did we did a little staycation this year. Uh, and stayed around here close by, and got to do some things with our family, and hang out together. We went to uh, went to the uh, good old theme park in uh, Bowling Green, Kentucky, uh, and uh, that's uh, Beach Bend, and uh, it's like a step above the state fair. Uh, and uh, but it was good. We had a good time with it, and uh, we'll, we'll take it. And uh, we're, we're thankful for the time we had together, and, and all that stuff. But yeah, I've uh, been. Uh, been nice to have the last couple weeks off from preaching, and uh, uh, if you talked to Brad last week, as many of you have talked to me about Brad, uh, who spoke for me last week, uh, spoke for us last week, uh, he, uh, if he told you anything about me outside of what he said on stage, and even some of the things on stage that he said are not true, uh, so, uh, but uh, he, he and I go way, way back, and uh, long-time friends, but uh, it's always, always good to get to see him and uh, get to hear him speak too. So, uh, but seriously, thank you to those guys. Uh, also want to just uh, quickly mention, uh, Ben's going to give you more detail about it later, Plunge is at the end of the month. That's our, that's our baptism that we'll be doing down at Cheatham Dam. Uh, and on that Sunday, we will not have Sunday morning services. I just want to kind of, I'm going to keep reiterating this for the next couple of weeks just to make sure people are all on the same page because I'm sure somebody's going to show up on that Sunday morning and be like, what's wrong with this church? They're not meeting today. They must all have uh, a disease or something. But anyway, so that's not, that's not the case. We will be at the dam. We would love for you to come join us there uh, for our baptism service. We will have a short service there uh, at the water. But we were, also, we're also eating and all that stuff, and he'll talk about that. So uh, that's coming up. And then uh, this week, uh, we've got an opportunity for you to serve if you uh, like building things or just helping. Uh, there's going to be a, a lot of need, I think, in, in helping do uh, some things, just no matter whether you're a builder or not or whatever, uh, that uh, you can help with, and uh, that's uh, at the Hope Center. And many of you know uh, we have partnered with uh, the Hope Center, uh, which is a sober living house uh, that uh, is a discipleship-based one-year program that uh, dudes go through, and they can hold like 28 guys at a time. And one of the things that we realized that they were in need of when our staff went out and visited with them one day was uh, that they uh, have a little building out back that they really need turned into a shower house uh, to have showers in it uh, and even some, uh, space for laundry and things like that, washer and dryer and things. So um, that being said, we, we kind of proactively said, hey, we'd like to help you do that. We'd like to help that happen. And so many of you have already been uh, involved in some way, shape, or form, even if it's just meeting there. Uh, there's the night that uh, we had a bunch of guys that went out there and met, uh, and that's what it looked like at that time, and here is what it looks like right now. Boom. Uh, concrete, plumbing, JR and some folks have been doing plumbing in there. Uh, we had some folks go in and do concrete, and uh, this coming Saturday we're, gonna, we're going to frame this thing out. Uh, and so even, you know, even if you just want to come hold stuff while people nail it or whatever it is, you know, there, there's going to be a need for different things. And, and it's not expected to take a really long time either. 
but uh, if you'd like to be a part of that, uh, come find me after the service and make sure I have your name and, and phone number uh, that we can add you to a text thread uh, where you can get spammed by text messages about this all the time. I'm just kidding, but no, seriously. So we can connect with you and let you know what time things are happening Saturday and all that. So I uh, would love for you to be able to do that. All right. Awesome stuff, and uh, good to be back. Let's, uh, let's jump into this, Psalm 139. Psalm 139. We are back uh, with uh, our boy David. Uh, if you've got a Bible, I recommend getting it out and going to Psalm 139 with us. If you don't have a Bible uh, with you, uh, let the ushers bring you one. They've got one. Just throw your hand up and let them know that you need it. Uh, but Psalm 139, and, and uh, wanted to kind of end uh, the series on David with a psalm. Um, and I've been studying on this psalm, and about middle of this week, I knew pretty quick, I was like, I, I don't want to preach this whole thing in one week. And so we're going we're gonna to study Psalm 139 this week and next week, uh, and I'm excited about that because it is a great psalm. Um, and uh, what we see in this psalm is we see David pondering who God is in his life. David is pondering who God is in his life. I don't know if you've spent much time pondering who God is in your life or not, or just who God is, uh, but I recommend it. Uh, in fact, um, here just a, a couple weeks ago, uh, we were hanging out with a couple. One of the things that we did on our little staycation deal was that uh, we wanted uh, to just try to hang out with some people that we don't get to hang out with, and we didn't, get, we didn't even get half or uh, even a, a, probably a quarter or a tenth of, of the, that done that we wanted to. We wanted to hang out with as many people that we just don't get to hang out with very much uh, over that period of time. But we did get to hang out with one of the couples from our church who uh, God uh, brought to 24 many, many years ago. And I knew before 24 from my youth ministry past uh, in serving in Nashville. And uh, God brought them to here, here years ago. And then he moved them away. And they've been living... Uh, in Oklahoma for 10 years, and then they've just moved back. And uh, as part of their moving back is they wanted to be close to 24, uh, you know, all this. And so they bought some property, and we, we all went out to, to eat uh, some uh, quality Mexican fine dining uh, the other night. And uh, after we got done eating, it's probably like, I don't know, 8, 8, 8 30 o'clock, at, you know, at night, and, uh, and they said, well, hey, you know, because you know, our, kid, our kids are all fired up. Out, they were out of school at the time, you know, and all that. And like, hey, y'all come back to the house. And they were like, well, hey, we got, we've got to run by our new property over here and check on something. Why don't you guys come see the property and, and, and hang out at the property? And I'm, and I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, there's nothing there. I mean, like, we go look at some land in the dark, you know. It's basically what they're inviting us to do. And, and so, uh, but we get over there, and sure enough, they've got a little camper set up over there, and they've got a little place, we've got some chairs pulled out, and, uh, and they obviously don't have kids because, you know, we're, they're inviting us to go hang out at property, and we're not even having a bonfire. There's no s'mores, there's no hot dogs, there's, you know, because, I mean, a kid, a kid goes, sets in a field long enough, say, they suddenly think they need a hot dog or something, right? And, uh, but anyway, we, we go out there, and no, seriously, we have, like, the best time just hanging out with these folks and reminiscing and just talking about how good God is, and all these things. And one of the things that happened while we were there is, because we're kind of, you know, far out in the country and stuff, it's so dark, and the sky was so clear that we could see every star in the sky. And it was just, it was just perfect. It was just beautiful. And as we were staring at the sky, and, and I'm, I'm not making this up, we saw, and I didn't see every single one of them that happened, but we saw like six 
shooting stars. I mean, like in my whole life, I haven't seen six shooting stars. And of course, like, it would be like the moment that I'd like look down to pet a dog or pick my nose sideways or whatever it was, and like I'd miss, you know, and they go, oh, there was another one. I'm like, what? You know, and I'd miss, I'd miss it, you know, but, but I, saw, I saw at least two really amazing ones, two really amazing ones out of the bunch. And it was just like, I was just, I'm just, I just, and I sat there and I had a moment. I was sitting there thinking, and I was thinking, and I really was. I was sitting there thinking, the Lord, the, the creator of all things, who is my God, knows me, and he knows everything that I'm going through right now. He knows every single thing that I'm struggling with. And he's, and he's in control. He put all of those right there. He's allowing us to see a display tonight that I've never seen anything like that. And, I, and I'm just thinking, that's, that's my God. That's who saved me. And, and in this passage today, David takes this moment in time and God uses him to pin for us a song, a psalm, a song that determines and helps us to see these great truths about who God is. And I want to share those things with you. We're going to read 12 verses. I want to read through it, and we're going to go back through it, and let's talk about it. Here it is, Psalm 139, verse 1. The first verse says this, well, it says, To the choir master, a psalm of David. And then the first verse says this, verse 1. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a, sing, even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O oh Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in, behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for the darkness is as light with you. This passage, this chapter, is amazing. And it's an amazing reminder for us today of who God is. Let's look at verse 1. Verse 1 there, it says, O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. David is talking about how God has literally searched him over and knows him and everything about him. And that's, that's, that's such a crazy thought. I mean, the truth is, is we're not even good at doing this for our own selves. Let's just think about that for just a minute. If, if somebody asks you how you're doing, generally speaking, your, your answer is going to be, oh, I'm doing good, you're doing good. But then if they like go, no, 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 no. How are you really doing? That's a, you see how like they ask the same question, but suddenly 
it changed, right? The whole game changed when they go, no, 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 how are you really doing? And then, and then we got to think about it, right? Like, like we got to be like, uh, um, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, let me think about it. Hold on. Hold on a second. Let me think. Well, um, and then we kind of like start rattling off random stuff going on in our life. You know how we do that? And it turns, you know, and, and, you know, if, if given the chance, it turns into like a counseling session. You know, we're like, well, uh, you know, I've got this thing, you know, got this thing, can't get rid of that. You know, it's got, you know, it's kind of itchy or something. I don't know. You know, whatever. Right? And, and so, we ourselves, not being good at even knowing our own selves at times of how we are, God has searched us and knows us. He knows what makes us tick. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our strengths. He knows how we are doing. He knows what we're struggling with. He knows what we're happy about. He loves us. Oh Lord, You have searched me and known me. Known me. He knows us. He created us as the Creator of us. He knows us better than we know ourselves. Just don't even think about that, I think, sometimes. Like when it comes to like, especially like following the Lord and how much He cares for us. Like just think about like how much you care about something in your life that you own or that you created or that you were a part of building. Like you, you have an affinity for that thing and, and it means so much to you. He loves us as His creation. And He knows us better than we know ourselves. Hence why it's so important for us to heed to His will and to His call and His leading on our lives. He wants the best for us. Verse 2, it goes on, it says, You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. We'll keep reading here, verse 3, and we'll talk about both. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. So right here, David takes these thoughts of, of you know, he, verse 2, he talks about, you know when I sit down, you know when I rise up. You know my thoughts from afar. Verse 3, you search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. David is saying, you know, you know everything going on with me. You know when I sit up, sit down. You know when I rise up. You know my thoughts. You search out my path, my lying down. You are acquainted with all of my ways. Is him saying, you know everything going on in my life. And really without confessing sin here, David is kind of in a way confessing you know, and, and it's and it's and I think I think what's going on here is because David was was feeling led to to write this as a song, you know, that he was trying to still make the song not be about him, but be about the Lord. But there was this aspect of his writing that you can't deny where he's talking about this is who God is in my life. Because again, what we're seeing here is we're seeing David pondering who God is and who he is in his life. And so David is sharing these things 
And, and in the middle of, 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 you know, hey, you know every little thing going on with me. I'm laying down. I'm getting up. You know all my ways. You know my paths. You know all these things. He throws in at the end of verse 2, you discern my thoughts from afar. You discern my thoughts from afar. Let me ask you a question. If I could discern your thoughts while sitting across the table eating lunch with you, would you eat lunch with me? No. No. Because if you know me well enough, you know that I'm, I'm a sinner enough that I'm going to use that against you. And I'm going to tell everybody or what, you know, I'm just kidding. You know? But I mean, we think about that. Like, like, that freaks us out a little bit. Like, he, not only can he discern our thoughts, he can discern our thoughts from afar. He has the ability to know everything going on inside our heads. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Verse 4, even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know, you know it all together. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold it, O Lord, you know it all together. You know, I think there's, it's funny because people play this like little legalistic game with themselves, I think, sometimes when it comes to like sin in their life or whatever. And, and, and maybe it's like, you know, well, I'll never say such and such. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say it. But the truth is, is that we may not say it with our tongue, but we may think it with our mind. And the truth is, is that Scripture teaches us that there's no difference between actually following through with a sin and in our heart already committing it. God already knows our thoughts. He already knows our struggles. He already knows that bad thing that we've been thinking about somebody else. He already knows that our heart isn't where it needs to be when it comes to these other things and other people in our lives. He knows about it. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. Verse 5, you hem me in, behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. You hem me in, behind and before, and lay your hand upon me. You see, God goes before us, and behind us. And then on top of that has his hand on us. This is, this is a huge deal. This is a huge deal for us. As God, as God calls us in this world, for us to, to be reminded that when he gives us a calling of something to do, when he's leading us and willing us and has a purpose for us to do something in this world, let's say there's something hard, some hard conversation that the Lord is wanting you to have with somebody. And in the midst of that, you're going, well, I, I, I can't do this. I can't do this. It is good for us to be reminded, we are not doing this alone. He is surrounding us. You hem me in behind and before. Behind and before. And lay your hand upon me. He's surrounding us. He's handling us. He's caring for us. He's holding us through those things in which He's called us to do. This is huge for us. He's like a dang force field around us. You remember force fields, right? They were huge in 80s cartoons. Wonder Woman had a jet with one. 
I just didn't even understand Wonder Woman's jet. You know, the Super Friends. You remember the Super Friends? The Hall of Justice? You people didn't watch cartoons growing up or something. Batman was even in that. Come on, you got to watch it for Batman, if nothing else, you know? But I mean, like, you know, force fields. That's what the Lord is that for us. He is all around us. He is literally protecting us. And so when he calls us to do something, it's not like he's like going, hey, good luck with that. No. He's with us. He's with us. And he knows us. He knows us. Verse 6, he says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. I cannot reach it. It is out of my reach. It is out of my grasp. I can't even imagine understanding the knowledge that you have about me, is what, is what David is saying here. It is so amazing. It is so wonderful. It is so high. I cannot attain it. God is all-seeing. He is all-knowing. There's a term for that. He's omniscient. God is omniscient. He is all-knowing. That's who our God is. I mean, how, how much better of a deal could we possibly have than to have our King, to have our Savior be all-knowing? Like, if, if you want somebody to be all-knowing in your life, like, if you could have, like, one person, I know some of you probably... You, some of you probably think you're all-knowing because you got it, you know everything right all the time, right? Uh, or you know somebody like that. Like some of you are like, oh, no, that's my, that's my, that's my brother. Or that's, you know, so-and-so I work with. He knows, he thinks he knows everything, right? Um, no, for real, like God knows everything about everything and everybody. He knows he knows when we're doing something with an ulterior motive. That the rest of the world may think, oh man, they're just, they're so kind, they're so great. And the truth is, is deep down in our hearts, we're a sinner and we're doing it because we want something out of it. He knows. He knows all the things. Verse 7, it goes on, it says, Where shall I go from your spirit, or where shall I flee from your presence? It almost sounds right here like David's freaked out about the fact that God knows everything about him, and he's like, um, uh, where can I go to get away from you, right? I mean, that's kind of what, what it sounds like. It's kind of like, it kind of sounds like if it's like, uh, I'm freaked out, and I, I, I need some space, and I need to know where I can go to get away from you. That's actually not what he's doing. He's making the statement that there is nowhere. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? Before you get freaked out about thinking about God, knowing everything about you and always being there at all times and all those things, let's thank God for that. Let's praise God for that. Let's praise God that He doesn't let us go anywhere without Him. 
Let's praise God for our knowing from His Word that He is promising that He is always there. What a great thing. What a great thing. He goes on to further drive this home. Verse 8, he says, If I send to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. It's like, okay, so you're, you're before me, you're behind me, you've got one hand on me, and then at the same time, you're leading me through this. It doesn't get better than this. He couldn't possibly do more for us than to make our own decisions for us, right? Even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. Why? Because He cares. Because He loves us. Because He wants what's best for us. He he didn't create us and then turn His back on us. He created us and we turned our backs on Him. That's why we need Jesus. Verse 11, it says, If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. Let me ask you a question. Are you in a dark place right now? Just being honest with yourself. Are you, are, you, are you struggling right now with something? A lot of folks are. A lot of folks are. Let me tell you something. He's there with you. And He wants to be your light. Turn to Him. Let Him be that for you. There's no reason to be in the darkness alone, lonely, struggling through all of these things. He he loves us even in the quiet, even in the loud, even in the dark. He's there. He's never leaving us. He's omnipresent. He is everywhere. Another one of those big words. He is everywhere. And He is there. With us all the time. Caring, protecting, providing, all of those things. He isn't missing anything about us. He knows all the good, he knows all the bad, he knows our minds, which is kind of scary, I know. And he knows our hearts, and yet he loves us still. I, uh, I got to thinking about the thought of God searching us, you know, and and the idea that He searches us. And I and I and I, you know, sometimes I'll I'll take a word like that from Scripture and I'll pull out the old thesaurus. Remember what that is? Not a dinosaur, by the way. Uh, it, uh, well, I won't tell you what it is. Go look it up. Uh, in a dictionary, that's another thing. You go look that up too. 
also, you need to look it up in a dictionary. Uh, but anyway, uh, thesaurus, you know, kind of giving you, you know, similar, you know, terms to the same word. And I did that with search. And, you know, I was just thinking about, you know, what it looks like for God to constantly search our hearts and search, you know, our desires and all these things about us. And again, it, it could be a little scary or whatever it is. But, uh, you know, and, I, and, and, and there were several words that kind of stuck out to me. One of them was hunt, you know, and I thought about hunting. And I thought about how he hunts in our lives for these things that, you know, may harm us or hurt us or, you know, we may turn into idols or whatever it is, you know, in different ways. And, uh, and I thought about, oh, you know, I, can, I could do like a hunting illustration. I could dress up in like all camo and, you know, like paint my face up and do like whole John Cena, you can't see me thing or whatever. And, you know, and, and, and then I was just like, you know, if I like my face is like all painted up, like really kind of hard to see me and stuff, I don't know, it might be kind of weird. Maybe that's a little over the top. We didn't go that way. Um, but one of the words that stuck out to me was the word sift, to sift. Searching, God searching our hearts, searching our lives, the same as Him sifting things in our lives. And, 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 it, and it dawned on me, I got to thinking about the truth of this. I got to thinking about the truth of how when God sifts our hearts, right? When He sifts our hearts, one of the things that happens is this really, really kind of tends to happen uh, for us, we become more aware of it when we are seeking the Lord. So when we're spending time with Him, we're spending time in His Word, we're spending time in prayer or whatever, as He is always sifting us and searching us, when we are spending time with Him and He does it, as He sifts these things in our lives, it's a little sugar dust right there, we tend to see that there are things that come out. Things that are left, you know, for us to see. By the way, not necessarily bad things. In fact, some of those things sometimes are really good things, okay? But sometimes as He sifts those things in our lives, He's helping us to see we are making idols out of some of these things. So, First of all, we've got, I had to have a car, right? So hopefully we do better than a 70s Camaro, but that's what we've got here. And some of you love 70s Camaros, and that's fine. That's really Cheatham County of you. Um, somebody's going to be mad about that. Probably, I don't care, whatever. It's a joke. Uh, you know, but, but possessions, like, you know, possessions are one of those things that, that as God is sifting our heart, Possessions are one of those things that we make so much of our life about stuff. To kind of go even along with that, got, got a key, you know, everybody wants somewhere to live. How much of an idol do we make this? Where does this stop for us? It's just a, it's just a question. Just like, where, where are our hearts with these things, right? Home, home is a great thing. We all... You know, want one, need one. Um, then we've got, here's one here. We've got, got a coin. It's actually a 43 half dollar, if you want to get technical, that I had laying around. I thought, well, that's kind of cool. Money. Money's one of those things that 
we let capitalize so much time in our lives? How are we going to get it? What are we going to do with it? How can we maximize it? And, you know, we're called to be good stewards. Money's not bad. Money's not bad. A house isn't bad. Possessions aren't bad. Got, well, got a little toy here. And for me, that, that symbolizes my children. Well, my children are great. I love my children. But at what point do I put my children before the Lord and my decisions in wanting to please them before what the Lord would call me in doing things for my family and how to lead my family? I put my ring back on in the first service, but I had my ring in there too. And same thing. Like, my ring is a great thing. It symbolizes that probably the greatest gift that God has ever given me outside of, of my relationship with Jesus. But if I make an idol out of a relationship or so desperately wanting to be in a relationship, you know? And then Max threw this one at me in the first service. I figured I'd throw it in here. It's the praying hands, you know, seeking the Lord. Again, this is signifying things that God sifts out of our heart. Again, not necessarily all bad. But it's, it's a question. It's a, you know, where am I in seeking the Lord? Where's my relationship with the Lord? He knows me, but on what level do I know Him? At what, at what level is He important to me, right? And then there's a ketchup packet. I'm not sure how that got in there. We just have to check our hearts. And the Lord is constantly helping us. If we'll pay attention, He's constantly helping us check our hearts. The conviction comes to the top. Again, most of these things are not bad. Most of these things are really good. Most of these things are great blessings from the Lord. But at what point can we turn like great things into idols in our lives where we put them before who God is in our life? And it changes us and changes how we view Him. It changes our happiness. changes our sadness. Whatever it may be. God has a purpose for us. He has a plan for us. And sometimes we're so focused on the things of this world that we miss the calling that He's given us in this life. Let's don't do that. Many years ago, I got a phone call late at night. <clears throat> guy in the church called me. He actually passed away uh, a couple years back. Um, and, um, but he, he called. He was a good friend and loved this guy. And he said, hey, uh, I need a ride. I need a lift. I said, okay, what's up? And it's like, I don't know, probably like 9 o'clock at night. He's like, I got a buddy of mine that's getting out of jail tonight, and I need to go get him. He's like, can you, can you take me? And I'm like, heck yes I can. I was like, this is what, this is like, this is like the, the pro of like getting to be a pastor sometimes. Like, there's like, you know, maybe the greatest thing about getting to be a pastor is of course like getting to lead people to Jesus. But like, stuff like this are like, are like great, great opportunities. Like, I love moments like this. Like, we're going to go pick up a guy from jail that's been in jail for a long time. Yeah, I want to be there for that. 
Okay? And so, so I, you know, I go get him, and we go get his buddy from jail. And, and uh, no one of the other guys from church was with me at the time. And so he went with us as well because he was like, oh, yeah, I want to go. You know, I want, I, want in on, I want in on the adventure. And so we all, we all ride out to this jail out in Gallatin. And we pick this guy up, and he won't stop talking. He is, which I'm loving, like I'm just taking it all in, I'm learning everything I can about who this guy is, and also he's a great guy, by the way, and, and just getting to hear, you know, stories of all this stuff, and again, he's been for a long time, by the way, when you've been in jail for a long time, it doesn't matter what fast food you like the most, the one you see first is the one you want to eat. On that night, it was Wendy's, Okay. So, so we're, we're doing all things, but one of the things that stuck out to me, and we still, me and my buddy, uh, one of the guys from church, we still talk about this, is that this guy, like, had, he had these two sayings that he said over and over and over again, and, and one of them was, you hear me? You hear me? And he'd be like, you know, he'd tell you something, he'd be like, you know, I've been in jail a long time, you hear me? You hear me? You know, and, and, you, and, and every time he'd do it, you, you feel like you need to be like, yeah, yeah. Okay, like I'm just like constantly agreeing. He's like you guys with Brad last week preaching, going amen every five seconds, you know, or whatever, you know. But uh, you know, but yeah. So you know, and and so this was going on. And then the other saying was, "I'm already knowing. I'm already knowing." And he said this over and over. I mean, like to the point, like it got to where I mean, like within just minutes, we're looking at each other. Like every time he'd say, and be like, Does he. He just, he really likes to say that a whole lot. And he, and you know, and somebody would, you know, like our, our buddy was with us, whatever, you know, that would, that was his friend or whatever and knew him real well. He'd be like, hey, you know what's going on with it? And he'd go, and he'd like interrupt, I'm already knowing, I'm already knowing, you know, and I mean, just over and over and over, I'm already knowing. Crazy thing. And so now today, as a joke, me and this other person, we will from time to time, you hear me? You hear me? I'm already knowing. Yeah. You know, con- constant, you know, type of deal, whatever. Listen. Are you worried about what God might think of you? Are you worried about what God might learn about you? I mean, seriously? We know this about God. He's already knowing. He's already knowing. And He's already there. And we can't even do anything about it. He's already known and He's already there. And in fact, if you look at Scripture in, in uh, uh, the, one of the most famous passages of Scripture of all time, the great, the great Commission, it says this, it says, And Jesus came to them and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth have been given to Me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, check this out, I am with you always to the end of the age. And so He gives us this mission. But then even here, we are reminded that He's not sending us alone. He is with us at all times. That when we sit down and when we rise up, and when our paths and wherever we lay down, God's favor is toward us. And it's too wonderful and too high for us to reach it. We can't even comprehend it. It is unimaginable. And folks, this is grace. This is God's grace. <laughs> that, that He can sift our hearts. And He know all the good. And He know all the bad. And at the end of the day, He still loves us. He still cares for us. He still wants to be the force field around us. 
He still wants to keep His hand on us, and He still wants to lead us, pulling us at times, pushing us at times, into and toward Him and the things that He has for us in this life. David spends his time here pondering who God is in his life. The question is, who is He in yours? He knows you. He knows you. Do you know Him? And before you Christians, believers, before you check in and go, oh, now he's talking to the non-believer. He's talking to those folks that haven't trusted in the Lord yet. No, no, no. I'm saying for all of us, at what level do we know the Lord? Because he, He's searching us. He knows, he knows everything in the deal. Like He knows it all. And He's calling us into a relationship with Him where we would know Him so well that our hearts would start to look like His. And that our lives would be changed because of it. And that our purpose would be given in front of us. And that He would lead us through all of those moments. The hard ones, the easy ones, the good ones, the bad ones. Knowing that He's the God who set all the stars in the space and is in charge of all things. But if you are here and you have never believed, I encourage you today. Believe in the work that God has done. Believe in the sending of His Son Jesus to die in your place on a cross. He already knows it all. You aren't hiding anything. And maybe it's time for you to let Him make you know something new. Him. Which brings forgiveness. Which brings peace. Which brings life. Call on Him today. And tell Him that you need Him to save you. He will do it. He's already knowing. He's already there. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for being behind everything. We thank You for being with us. We thank You for already knowing it all. Lord, I pray that You would help me to trust You in all things. Help us to trust You in all things. Help us to draw close to You. And use our lives for Your glory. Lead us to be light to others who are in darkness. And continue to be the light in ours. Lord, may we run to You. Lord, for peace. May we run to You for leading. May we run to You for help. God, we need it. God, may we not try to do it on our own anymore. God, may we trust in the knowledge that You have and not the knowledge that we have for all things. God, I pray. I pray, Lord, for those who have not trusted in You as their Savior. God, I pray that You would save them today. I pray that they would know Jesus. I pray that You would lead all of us, Lord, to You, to be a part of Your family, to be used by You for Your glory as a part of Your kingdom. 
God, thank you for all these things. We ask all of them in your son's name. Amen.